Hello, Mississippi and abroad. Welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Brad Henderson, the Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader. Lots to talk about in the program today. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm good, Parrish. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's it's great, and and you know what? It's one of those. This is just one more signal that uh, that we're getting COVID behind us a little bit. You know, when I have to drive to Oxford for something, so I'm glad to be here uh, in the uh, in the Alpha Insurance offices today. And uh, you know, one day we're going to cook on that patio over there, Brad. I still want to come out and, uh, and and take advantage of that. I know it's hard for you to decide whether or not you want to break out the grill here or take advantage of uh, all these restaurants that are in walking distance for you here, but. Uh, it's a, it's a great spot for you here, man. Uh, what's what's going on today? Yeah, just trying to get some work done for the regionals this weekend, and uh, would love to visit with anybody and everybody about their insurance, and at least get a review in uh, what they currently have, just to make sure uh, that they're covered in case uh, something did happen. How do things, uh, the insurance business, Brad, what do you focus on in the summer and how does that change when you get into the fall? School year starts, everybody kind of gets back into different routines, regular routines. Uh, how does that affect what you do when uh, when that time comes? Yeah, typically in the summer, uh, we tend to be a little more aggressive because people, the availability to, to meet with people. Uh, it just seems that people get out more in the summer, the, the weather's nicer in the summer, and uh, you know, people are buying new houses in the summer and buying new cars. You know, it's just, it's weird when the sun pops out, uh, how that changes really society and everybody's thoughts on the world. So, you know, they're getting out buying boats. And uh, so, yeah, we try and get out and see as many people as we can. Uh, try and get a little more aggressive uh, before everybody gets back into that fall routine. Yeah, summer uh, used to be the slowdown time for sports riders, but that's kind of that window has gotten a little more condensed uh, through the years. Seems like summer's not quite uh, as long as it used to be, and and about this time of year, uh, you'll see uh, on social media every now and then somebody will come up with, "Hey, it's only this many days until football," and I'm thinking. Look, guys, slow down. It's it's okay to have some, you know. We'll dial back a little bit, and, and Brad Henderson will, will uh, you know, hit the uh, hit the go button and and uh, and get things cranked up there with uh, uh, Alpha Insurance. So anyway, uh, we appreciate you being on. We want to thank uh, Oxford Park Commission as well. Uh, remember, folks, uh, ages five to fifteen, you can develop your basketball talent this summer at iHoop and OPC Camp with former. Ole Miss women's basketball standout Erica Sisk. Uh, those sessions are going on right now. Uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday through June and July, ages 5 to 10 will go from 5.45 to 6.30, ages 11 to 15 from 6.30 to 7.45. Cost is $150 per month. Camps run through June and July. And here's one, Brad, Bollywood dancing. Uh, if you if you uh, know of Bollywood dancing, I did not, okay, until I started reading about what uh, OPC was offering here. It's, uh, it's native to India, the country of India, different culture. Uh, kids ages 7 to 12 are meeting from 5 to 6 on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, through June 24th, and again, July 6 to 29. Adult classes are 6.30 to 7.30 through June 23rd, and again, 
through July 5 to 28. Cost is $60 for kids, $65 for adults. OPC is also offering a water polo skills camp June 19 to 20 and July 22 to 23. That's for ages 12 to 18. You must be an experienced swimmer. Cost is $40. For more information on these programs and many more, visit OxfordParkCommission.com. Uh, Brad, Oxford Regional, it's almost here. Uh, 2 o'clock, Southern Miss and Florida State uh, will kick things off uh, on Friday. Then Ole Miss and Southeast Missouri State at 7. I guess uh, the news of the day and uh, on, on Wednesday, we really thought it was trending this way. We really thought that uh, Mike Bianco might choose to hold Doug Nikhazy and pitch him uh, in the second game of the regional, whatever that matchup uh, turns out to be. So that puts Derek Diamond starting uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think, man? Lots of opinions. Lots of opinions every week on who's going to be the game one starter. What do you think about this move? Well, I think it's the right move, but uh, obviously there's some risk involved. Uh, just from a consistency standpoint, you know, Derek, uh, the, the stuff is really good, but, you know, he, clearly he hasn't been as consistent as Doug McKenzie has. So uh, I like the move, um, you know, and, and I think what really probably made the, the decision easier for Mike was how Derek performed against Vanderbilt uh, the second game of the tournament. So, uh, yeah, no, I think the guys will be uh, fully supportive of Derek and expect Derek to have a good outing. I, you know, SEMO's uh, going to – they're going to have a good baseball team, but, uh, you know, they sh it shouldn't be anybody that kind of overwhelms Derek by any means. So, uh, should be a good baseball game following the Florida State Southern Miss game. And, you know, if, if Garrett, Garrett, uh, Derek can – eliminate free passes, the, you know, the walks, the hit-by-pitches, uh, then I think he'll be fine, you know. But that's where we've seen him get in trouble uh, is, you know, sometimes when those free passes come about, it starts to snowball, and, and then, you know, he doesn't have the outing that he wants. But, uh, no, I like the decision, and uh, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and you just, you just never know. I, I know that uh, uh, Southeast is going to have a good arm, going to have a left-hander, Dylan Dodd. Uh, we see his numbers, uh, nine and one, eight and one, nine and one. It's like ERA is like around two and a half. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Brad? A two and a half ERA uh, pitching in the Ohio Valley Conference. What does that equate to in the SEC? Would would that uh, mean like a three and a half? Or uh, you know, I don't know about the numbers, but I do know he's a he's a real yeah. dude. Uh, just talking to some coaches, he's ninety to ninety four. You know, he's not 9-1 with that walk-out to strike ratio, or uh, walk to strikeout ratio uh, if he wasn't really good. So, you know, the thing for me is can, can he answer the bell in front of 10 or 12,000? Uh, he hadn't had that opportunity all year. Uh, I know he pitched well in Arkansas, but that was during COVID and, and during the midweek, and they didn't have much of a crowd there. So, you know, he, he's got some uh, – some hurdles he'll have to overcome as well. But no, I think he's going to be really good. And obviously we've seen kind of everyone's MO late in the years to throw left-handers at us. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I fully expect him to be as advertised, uh, but we swing it pretty well too. So I like the, I like the matchup both ways. Um, but I, I'm just curious to see how he responds to this environment. Yeah, and, and Ole Miss hit the left-hander from Georgia better in the tournament than they did in Athens, you know, having seen him one time. Of course, they don't have that, that benefit against Dylan Dodd 
uh, Friday. I, I do wonder, you know, the, the level of competition, yeah, that, that'll play into it a little bit. But there are certain things, certain metrics when you talk about speed, uh, miles per hour on the pitch, velocity, that sort of thing that, you know, at times you're just going against yourself. And, and it's not so much about, you know, who's in the batter's box. When you have that kind of speed as a left-hander, that's an asset. But tell me, Brad, when we talk about the, the delivery from the left-hander, the ad, the advantage to being a right-handed batter, uh, we may see uh, Mike Bianco play with his batting order a little bit, may see a little more John Rice Plumley, you know, something like that. But when you see a left-hander throwing with that velocity, you know, when I think left-hander, we, we often hear the phrase, there's that soft-tossing lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that hard-throwing lefty, not as common. Yeah, no, and, and he's a hard-throwing lefty. But, you know, again, uh, these guys for the last 11 weekends now have seen, you know, the best in the country. So, uh, not to downplay Dylan Dodd, but they see 90 to 94 from left-handers all the time, uh, which is a luxury. So, I think it's, it, the same is going to apply for Dylan Dodd. He's going to have to hit his spots, uh, the secondary stuff, the breaking ball, the, uh, the change-up. He'll have to command those as well. Uh, you know, and if he does, he'll have a real opportunity to shut down a pretty potent offense. But, uh, you know, there's, he'll, have to, he'll have to make all three pitches at some critical times. Uh, and, and, again, we'll see how it plays out. So the decision for Mike Bianco not to throw his ace, I mean, you know, in theory here, I like where this is headed. I mean, we, we see the batting numbers for Southeast Missouri State. I mean, they're okay within their league. They're not overwhelming. Um, I think there's a good chance that, that Derek Diamond can control this lineup, all right? Uh, holding the ace is a little bit outside of the Mike Bianco comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and this scenario always brings to mind for me Grady Henchman, okay? Uh, where were you in uh, 2004, that uh, first time Ole Miss hosted a regional? You were gone by then as a uh, player. Were you uh, Jonesboro? Uh, yes. I was yeah. coaching Arkansas State. Oh, yeah, Arkansas State on, on those teams. So, uh, y'all probably played Western Kentucky. Was Arkansas State in Sunbelt uh, we during were. that time? Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, Grady Henchman, okay, had okay numbers coming in. I think fifth-year senior. Uh, and uh, uh, Mike decided to hold Mark Holloman. And the guy he pitched, man, you know, you figure Stephen Head's going to get it done, and he did. He only gave up one run, you know. And I'm not sure if they scored off him, but they scored. And – and won that game one to nothing. And Ole Miss just really struggled to get that game against that pitcher. And that time, it was the first regional that, uh, that Ole Miss hosted. Uh, didn't work out at that time. But uh, I like the decision. I think, look, uh, if you throw Doug McKay against uh, Southeast Missouri State and he goes out there and he does everything you expect him to do and he goes seven or eight innings and, you know, and they score zero or one and, and, and you win the game, yeah, that that's great, but you you just haven't gained anything. Ole Miss needs to win this regional. Uh, nothing less than uh, than winning is is going to be, you know, it's just not going to get them where they want to go. This is not a program right now that uh, uh, you get excited because they got to the championship game in the regional. Uh, they want to win it, and uh, their best chance, I think, is is with their best pitcher going in that winners bracket game uh, on Saturday. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and we talked about it a month and a half ago, you know, how huge uh, the loss of Gunnar Hogan was. Because if you still have Gunnar, then we're not even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got two studs going, uh, your first two in the 
in the regional, but we don't have that luxury now. So uh, again, I think it's the right decision. Um, you never know how it's gonna play out. Uh, but you know, you mentioned Mike doing it back in 04. So, so he's been there. He's learned when to do it, when not to do it. He's been burned by it. So, you know, that, that's the beauty of having a guy that's been uh, at the helm for 21 years. Um, so you trust those people to make the right decisions. Uh, and, you know, you and I dissed about it. Uh, we kind of thought we would probably go this way and that we needed to go this way to give ourselves the best opportunity. And that's all you're trying to do is give these kids the best opportunity to move on to the Super Regional. So, you know, again, um, I think Derek's the right move. It's just he's never been in this situation, so there's always that question mark. Uh, but you know, we 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 you just hope we swing it well enough, get him a lead early, let him settle into the game, and uh, hopefully we can get game one and get ready for the uh, winner of the the Southern Miss Florida State win. Yeah, and when you think of. Uh these old Miss starters, Derek Diamond and Drew McDaniel, uh, not talking about uh, Doug and Casey right now. They are sophomores, and, and that brings with it a, a certain expectation at the end of the sophomore season. But you have to stop and remind yourself that they were COVID freshmen, that they went through the SEC for the first time this season. They experienced that for the first time this season. And, uh, you know, last year, 2020, was just cut short, you know, so they got in – uh, 17 games, uh, but uh, but that was it. And uh, that doesn't mean 17 experiences. That means 17 times that Ole Miss got on the field. So, you know, Diamond was part of the rotation. McDaniel was not. Um, so I try to take all that uh, into consideration, uh, considering these two. But uh, what, what do you think, as we look at their body of work uh, for this season, what do you think has kept them – from being more consistent because we've seen, as we've said, we've seen flashes and then we saw both of them elevate in the SEC tournament. What's, uh, you know, what goes into that consistency? Well, I think for, for those guys, uh, when they get in trouble, they've shown the inability to make that pitch that Coach B always talks about to get them off the field. You know, all pitchers are gonna get, get in trouble, but that's where uh, Doug McKenzie elevates his game and he almost gets stronger in those situations where these guys, uh, they'll either get a little too picky, a little nitpicky and miss by a ball or two, and, and then they look up and they're, uh, they're in a hitter's count or they walk the next guy as well, and it kind of snowballs after that. They'll just have to learn over time how to pitch out of that. And, and we've seen them do it some, and then on the other hand, we've seen them uh, get themselves in a worse jam than they were already in. For me, though, uh, the, the biggest thing is that they did it consistently on what's been up until this point, their biggest stage, and that was in Hoover last week. They both were exceptional, Derek and Drew, I'm speaking of. Uh, so to see them do it on that stage in front of those, that many people uh, was encouraging to see because, you know, you, we didn't necessarily see it during some of the weekend series consistently enough, but to see them step on that stage knowing we, we was must-win games, uh, you know, that, that was encouraging. So hopefully that translates to the regional. But again, it's a, it's a different animal. There'll be 12,000 here, most of them Rebels, uh, but it's still 12,000 under the lights. And uh, basically a winter, at this point, it's winter going on. So it, it'll, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and all this pitching overall, really, uh, relief effort and, and, uh, and, and secondary starters, everything just kind of – kind of rose last week in the SEC tournament. 
How much did uh, Pitcher's Park play into that? Bigger Park and Hoover, do you think? Yeah, yeah I, I, I do think it played some. Uh, it certainly held some balls up, but you know, it, it certainly held a lot of our balls up as well. You know, as, as a team that led the conference in hitting, uh, you didn't necessarily want to see the wind blowing in from our end. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that had something to do with it. It had a, a lot of foul territory. Um, so I think you can go out there and, and be a little more reserved in case you missed out over the plate that it wasn't just going to kill you like it does in some of these SEC parks where the ball just jumps out and you have to pitch extremely cautiously um, against some of these teams. But yeah, I think that had something to do with it. I uh, looked at the weather for Friday. There's basically going to be no wind. Uh, if any, it's going to be a north wind. And so that's blowing in at Swayze Field. So, you know, that, that'll play into it some. Uh, you certainly don't want to uh, a south wind at 15 miles an hour blowing straight out, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think that had something to do with it. But I just think they, yeah. once once Doug threw in game one, they just kind of fed off. You know, hitting's contagious. I thought after Doug threw his gym in game one in Hoover, they, it was contagious to all those guys, and they just kind of fed off each other through the week. I, I thought it was, you know, great outings for both Diamond and McDaniel in the SEC tournament. And this is – I think this regional is big because – for them to pitch well in this regional, to come back and pitch well at home, if they're able to do that, to put those type of performances together back-to-back, -to -back, take that confidence. Uh, these guys most likely are going to be two-thirds of your rotation next year. Uh, what do you think about pitching in, in 2022 for Ole Miss? What's your, your confidence level uh, looking ahead? No, I think I think it's really good. And, and the reason I say this is look at the experience they've gotten from 2021. Uh, I mean, those guys have been in the mix basically every weekend. They're only going to get bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, spin rates and all that are only going to increase, uh, and they're going to get a year under another year under their belt. Uh, you, you go back to Gunner's freshman year. You know, here's a first rounder that came to Ole Miss, and you know he struggled to get through the, the lineup a second time. You know, it seemed like he was really good the first three innings, maybe the fourth, uh, but he couldn't get out of the fourth inning, and. Uh, and you see how far he's come from then. So, you know, those guys will go off, play summer ball, some of them. I talked to Derek Diamond, I think he was gonna stay here and work out and take some summer school. Uh, but they're gonna go, they're gonna be better. It's just part of being in college. You know, the, the experience makes a huge difference and they're gonna have another year under their belt. So, uh, yeah, I look for those guys to be that much better. But, you know, for the most part, we've been hard on them. We've criticized them. And, uh, but they've been pretty good all year, giving us a chance, which is really all you can ask. So, no, I, I think next year uh, they should be pretty good with an offense that's going to be really good. Well, and, and you're right. These guys have been pretty good. It's not like uh, they've been trotting out starters who have been getting shelled from the get-go. What we've seen a lot from McDaniel and from Diamond has been getting the game under control. Mm -hmm. Then maybe that second time through the order, mm -hmm. maybe uh, that's that's where they need to make that pitch to get off the field that mm -hmm. you've, you've been talking about. It's, you haven't seen guys that you just uh, send out to the mound and think, oh my goodness. And we have seen very good starts, very good performances from both of them at various times. Gonna be really interesting to see if this regional becomes uh, a time that they take a step, a time that they become uh, that Doug Nikhazy type of consistency just in terms of believing in themselves and putting those solid outings back to back to back. I, th I think it could be really, really a, a big springboard 
uh, for next season. Uh, let's talk offense a little bit. Um, didn't look that great. It was, it was good. It was timely, uh, but it was not overwhelming in Hoover. I think wind played a part of that. I think the quality of pitching uh, played a big part of that. I think they're going to uh, hit better. I think they're going to look more like the Ole Miss offense that, uh, that we have seen uh, in this regional, uh, even though they're going to face some good pitching again. I wanted to ask uh, Vanderbilt reliever – Nick Maldonado, I just thought this was so interesting. And it didn't dawn on me uh, during that second game, Brad and Hoover, until after, uh, after the fact. But we had the incident here uh, in Oxford where Dunhurst hits the home run mm-hmm. and then he throws behind Van Cleve's head. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody comes up on the dugout steps. Remember that? Um, well, then it was Graham with the home run against Maldonado in the second game. And then Elko gets hit by a pitch. And uh, I'm thinking, hey, same reliever, same scenario. Didn't, didn't throw high, but threw at him, uh, which is you know not good for a guy that we know is a little tender right now. Um, how often does that go on in college? How often do guys uh, – I mean, it's, it's not – you know, I think about the situation and I think about it as odd and different. I don't see college pitchers – throwing at batters, sending a message uh, that often is, am, am I missing something? Uh, no, you're not. Uh, the, the, the Van Cleve one, I, I, I get. Uh, I, of course, I don't, uh, I don't agree yeah, with don't, throwing don't at, any, put on a show. at, at anyone's head. I, I don't agree with throwing at anyone's head. Yeah. But uh, Dunhurst, you know, he should have gotten down the line a little quicker than what he did. I'll just say that. If you – if you can sit there in the box and see your ball bounce twice before you start running, you know, yeah. uh, you, you kind of show the pitcher up. Uh, now, again, I don't condone uh, throwing at a guy's head, but, you know, I figured there would be some sort of retaliation from Maldonado yeah. when they were in Oxford. You know, but then, you know, KG hits the bomb against him in, in Hoover, and I didn't think anything about it until you just told me. I had no idea that. I didn't realize that he hit. Yeah. So I don't think he did that intentionally because Kevin didn't show him up. Uh, and you, you weren't going to show anybody up in Hoover because the, the field's so big, you don't know that you hit a home run. And to, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, you don't have time to sit there and enjoy it. But, uh, no, I don't think it's a thing, uh, the, the throwing at hitters, uh, unless, again, unless it's a situation like what happened in Oxford and – Again, the, the head, that, that's, a, that's a different story. But, yes, uh, you know, that, to me it's still part of the game. Um, and, and, you know, again, not at the head, but, you know, to brush a guy off or send a message because you showed the picture up, that's just part of baseball. But I, I don't think it's a trend we're seeing in college baseball, and I don't think that he hit Tim Elko with any purpose. So Okay. Uh, because what I thought was, well, this is a guy that doesn't give up a lot of home runs, is, is used to a lot of success, you know, had this incident in Oxford. So there's a little bit of memory there. And, and, and maybe all of those things, uh, you know, thought well, maybe uh, he kind of like threw in there on purpose. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't see that as a trend either. Don't see it a lot. And, I, and I, it just got me to thinking, well, you know, is there subterfuge that I'm missing here? You know, <laughs> what's going on? Because uh, – you know, we were talking a few weeks ago about uh, T.J. McCants and uh, Kumar Rocker mm-hmm. and kind of some of the back and forth. Mm-hmm. Though, so those uh, that that element of the game is always uh, always interesting. 
Uh, tell me, in this regional, uh, who do you think uh, has a big weekend for Ole Miss? Uh, who, who steps up here? What does this offense look like? Well, I, I, I still think they're going to ride Kevin Graham. I mean, here's a guy with a 50, what's he up to now, 52, 53 game on Bay Street. Uh, leads the country in that area. Uh, but he's been the guy all year. I, I think he's the most underrated player in the league. Uh, you got no postseason accolades, you know, and here's a guy that hit 340 with 12, 13 home runs now, and he just kind of does it all. Uh, but oh, I think he's your guy. Uh, you would certainly love to see Jacob Gonzalez continue to do what he's been doing. But again, you're, you're asking an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, uh, this is his first time. And uh, what he's done has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, but I don't know that you can expect that on these type of weekends. Now, if you get it, that's, that's just gravy. Uh, but I think you got to lean heavy on Kevin uh, just because he, he was your leader when Tim, before Tim went down. He was your leader when Tim went down. And uh, he's kind of remained your leader since Tim's been back. You know, we all thought, oh, Tim's gotten hurt. What are we going to do now? He was protecting Kevin, that Kevin's, yeah. and it never happened. Yeah. That, that guy's carried us all year. Um, so I, I would I would still stick with Kevin Graham, uh, but we need some of those pieces around him to pick it up. You know, you mentioned us not swinging it well in Hoover. You need TJ McCants to pick it up. You need Dunhurst to get back going. Uh, Bench, I thought, is swinging it well, but uh, yeah, there's some guys that line up that uh, gotta get going. You know, if we, if we wanna get to where we need to get to, uh, there's three or four guys in line that need to have better weekends than they did in Hoover. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, <clears throat> where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things in that group. Thanks for being with us, folks.